For the love of fall, Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin cream cold brews are back. Smooth espresso dashed with pumpkin pie spice and velvety whipped cream. Or cold brew topped with pumpkin cream cold foam fit for the season. Your pumpkin awaits. Order today in the Starbucks app. You're finally at that hot new spot. The one your friends keep raving about. Sitting across from your date. It's going... Another round? Really well. And that dish you've been dying to try? Oh, it's headed your way. You can smell it. Hear it sizzling fresh off that skillet as it comes closer, closer, and served. Go ahead, enjoy. After your phone sneaks a bite first. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. What is networking? Seems that everyone is trying to do it these days and capitalize on the buzz of networking. But an honest, an honest answer is that most people really don't know how to network. And it's really a very simple thing. Reaching out, responding appropriately, and then nurturing the relationship that you have with someone. Today, I'm excited to present to you guys Megan Flanagan, someone who I am nurturing a networking uh, relationship with that started in the career advice product on LinkedIn, a place where you could find information and get advice from others who have signed up to help um, colleagues improve in their career or transition to different aspects to move higher in their career. Megan was on there and she was just wonderful. And it led to a conversation and then led to this podcast that we're doing right now. I think you guys are going to really like Megan. She's thoughtful. She's kind. She's inquisitive. She's curious. All the things that make up a really good health and wellness professional. So open your ears and listen very intently to Megan Flanagan. All right, and just like that, we start recording. Wow, we are we're live, I guess, aren't we? We are live yeah. right now. And awesome. uh, how is your day going, Megan? It's it's going really well. Today is a unique day um, because it's a big travel week for work. So I was able to be out of the office today, which is always a treat, and get to rock climb a little bit earlier. Awesome. So you yeah. rock climb pretty regularly. I do. Yeah. I trail run a lot. That's my main uh, hobby, I would say, outside of, you know, outside of the normal work and hanging out with friends. And um, so, yeah, trail running and rock climbing is a big activity as well. I think there's, you know, it's nice because there's such a social component to it because you got to have somebody else to to belay you. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, you, yeah. you might like one of my upcoming podcasts because I have this lady, Jocelyn Corridor, who's on. Uh, who I did a podcast with, and she's a big rock climber. She's in Denver. Oh, yeah. And she's gone, like, all over the world rock climbing. She's big into it. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to say outdoor climbing is so different from climbing in the gym. That's what she said as well. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. So I was – actually, I was recording the intro for this podcast before – and I was thinking about how we met, which was through that that career advice product, I believe, that's on uh, right. LinkedIn, right? Wasn't that how it was? That's sure. Yeah, that's how we met. And I actually, I got a career recommendation earlier today. Sends them to me every week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, like, yeah. what made you want to get on that? Like, what was the motive? You know, I love just connecting with new people, whether they're in my industry or not. I think... Uh, the wellness industry is such a big space and it's such a special space as well. It seems like everyone has a passion for helping people and um, really cares about well-being. So I, I love to connect with people from all over and that's kind of what inspired me reaching out and, and learning and growing, right? That's a big part of it too. Well, I think it's uh, semi-unique because you know I've been signed up as like a person to give advice on there for a long time. And uh, I reach out to people all the time. They never get back to me. I'm like, why do you want advice if you're never going to get back to me? <laughs> They're just intimidated. That might be it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah. the odds are pretty low here. I mean, 
<laughs> you well, got back right nice away. Yeah, yeah. Very generous of you to serve as kind of a mentor on there. Well, yeah. I've been on there for a long time on LinkedIn, and uh, I just like helping people. I think it's a big part of life is how we how we can help others become you know, better for what they're looking to do and share knowledge. And uh, I think it is really rewarding doing that. Definitely. And it, it sounds like you do a lot of that through this podcast too. Yeah, a lot. It's been rolling. Like we just every week, every Monday, Thursday, a new one comes out like clockwork. And amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm meeting some amazing people. And I think the biggest thing is just being consistent, like anything in life, even podcasting. It's, it's all about being consistent and not having one here and there, but, you know, staying regular with it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, uh, a running podcast myself, so that's something we've been working on. My, uh, my team of podcasters, it's three of us that kind of rotate through, and it's a great opportunity to connect. Tell me a little bit about that. I didn't know you did that, a team of podcasters. Yeah, so it's uh, Strong Runner Chicks. It's an online running community. Uh, we're out to redefine what it means to be a female distance runner. And um, if anyone's following the Nike Oregon Project news that came out, you know, with Mary Kane, it's yes. been really big. Yes. Yeah. So that's really what uh, I, w I wouldn't say that issue in particular, but part of that was kind of the catalyst for us to create Strong Runner Chicks was to create a place where you can talk about these things openly and, you know, learn from others' struggles and their successes. So that's really what we hope to do and, and show that people are so much more than just runners, right? Like it's not your whole identity. Um, I think <laughs> when you're growing up and you're a kid and you're an athlete, it's a, you can get trapped in that mindset that, you know, your sport is basically who you are. And so that's kind of what we're out to do is help redefine that identity as well. So, um, yeah, we've had about 80 podcasts at this point, 80 plus episodes and bringing out new ones almost every week. So it's been it's been a good ride, and we've learned a lot and uh, met so many great people through through SRC. So, so do you do it? Uh, you said three of you. So, do you like alternate who does the episode or something like that, or you all do it at the same time? So it started out. I was the co-host. I still am a co-host with Kelsey, uh, who's the other co-host, and then we have Elena on our team as well and she uh she's hopped in for a few episodes just with the connection she's made i think it makes sense to for her to come on and be able to interview people that she's really passionate about so um yeah that's kind of how it's evolved from there and typically it's myself and kelsey on will be the co-host but it's nice to kind of mix it up and have that flexibility yeah of course um so we're were you a runner in college or high school and, and, you're, and you're still running sounds like so how did that come about mm -hmm. like to really focus on the running aspect of it yeah i uh, grew up running i played a lot of sports as a kid but hand-eye coordination was never really my forte so i gravitated mm -hmm. towards running always kind of that first person down the basketball court didn't didn't make many shots or get very <laughs> well, aggressive, there, but yeah, I was down there. I was uh, hands open, ready for the ball. So yeah. uh, that's kind of how it came about. Was I realized, you know what? I'm not very good at other sports. I'm not very aggressive, but I got aggressive when it came to running fast, and um, really just evolved from there. And uh, I started running, thinking I was going to be a hurdler, uh, like a hundred meter hurdler, and that was pretty intense. So I ended up gravitating yeah. more towards the, the longer distances and making a lot of friends through that. I think it was a big social outlet, uh, moving a lot as a kid, just a good way to make friends and uh, kind of one of those things that stuck with me throughout moving so much. And, and now, I mean, yeah, I ran in college at University of Minnesota, a wonderful program, ran for the Golden Gophers. Love uh, it. Yeah, yeah, good times. And continued to run thereafter and got more into uh, trail running and Spartan racing. So it's really one of my passions and I think I'll be a runner for, for life, hopefully. Yeah. It was funny. I love meeting runners. What's interesting. I was, I was a collegiate uh, sprinter at James Madison university. And uh, I remember uh, that time so vividly. And I think about, I have so many things I'm thinking about when you're saying, change the perception of runners because I have a, I have a very interesting thing you might find interesting. I don't know. We'll see if you yeah, find interesting about sure. it. Okay? It's about I'm runners. Sure. Okay. It's about uh -huh. runners. So I was a sprinter 
which, uh, you know, sprinters don't often think of themselves as runners. Uh, they, they're like, <laughs> they think they're sprinters, like, especially in college, at least my team, like, I think there was a huge dichotomy between distance runners and sprinters. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, and our, the, the sprinters when were like, looked at the distance runners, like these guys are obsessed with running. They're like obsessed with it. And then they would have like weird stuff like mustache Monday, no stuff like that. And all these weird rituals and stuff like distance runners have a very different feel that I remember than being a sprinter where it was just like, oh, we just came here to like to try to win. And then we're out going to go hang out and stuff. It wasn't like a click. I felt like the oh. distance runners was like a huge, massive click. There's always like way more distance runners and sprinters. It's like a, uh-huh. it's a massive amount of people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember thinking like, these guys are weird. <laughs> like, and they probably thought the same yeah. thing about us. But I remember thinking as a big team, especially in college, that it was there was this huge divide in like the culture between distance runners and sprinters. I thought that was very yeah. interesting. That is really interesting. I have noticed that as well. I think another part of that would be that sprinters and I'm generalizing here, but I remember having sprinters come on that were on the football team or the basketball team and they were just there to kind of run for fun. And then the distance runners, it's like, you are a year round runner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you gotta be kind of a weird breed to want to run year round. Right. Yeah. It was interesting. That's interesting. You had that because at my school, we didn't, a lot of the the football players never did that. So like all their sprinters were like hardcore sprinters. Like it was all year and we did it, but we still like, it was still like this weird cultural divide, like Mm -hmm. this, almost this customs and traditions in the same locker room. It was like being on another planet between two different people. Wow. It was very fascinating <laughs> to me. Yeah. But I observed it like whenever we go to meets, you know, you know, you, you, got, you go on these mm-hmm. huge meets, these invitationals, and it was very similar. Like you just always saw the distance runners out there running. Let's go for an easy 10. An easy 10. <laughs> I'm not doing no easy 10 here. <laughs> not easy 10. No easy 10 for you. No easy 10s for me here. Yeah. Like, we're pushing it for a mile. It's a little much here, you know. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I kind of wonder about sprinters in particular. Like, after college, do you ever still go out and do those track sprints? Good Is question. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that, honestly, I'm generalizing, too, that sprinters have the same love about running as distance runners do. Like, I can remember most of my sprint uh, comrades, when they were done, it was over in college. We finished our eligibility, was done. Everybody went off, and it was, it was good. It was a good experience. And the distance guys, like, they would hold on to their, to their spikes. They wouldn't leave the track in their lap. It was like they had a hard time letting it go. Yeah. But then, you know, then they'd start doing road races and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and they just wanted to stay in it. And I think it goes back to the whole identity. I think for them, it was much more their identity. Whereas our sprinters, we were never defined by being sprinters. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like we were there on scholarship and that was it. And like, that's what we did. Yeah. And so we never identified as like, oh, it was just like our whole life. It was just like, it was just, you know, it's a big part of what we do, but it wasn't like our whole thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really unique. And I wonder if that's because of the time you spend running, you know, distance runners have to run for miles and miles and sprinters. It's like really quick. And yeah. Yeah. There was, it's weird because it was like grueling practices. It was very difficult, but Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think it's just, there's just something different there. I mean, it's almost, um, not even just between, I think it's almost ethnicity related it's it's uh distance related there's a whole huge melting pot of different things going on it's just i don't know it was like every sprinter i met was not super into running they were just Mm. like and i don't run anymore like i do the track workout sometimes but like i was like well just you know i'm in fitness so i'm doing different stuff i'm not focused on like running is not like my go-to thing you know anymore Right. Now, do you consider yourself an athlete, a life? Oh, my gosh. Good question. (laughs) You know what? And the intro that I wrote for you about this, you're going to like it because it's totally Uh you about you're inquisitive. You're very inquisitive. I like that. Uh, I don't consider myself an athlete anymore. I um, I think because I was an athlete competing in college, I'm not competing anymore. So I don't consider myself. I'm a retired athlete. I am a 
general, I am a fitness general recreational exerciser that just happens to work probably as hard as I did when I was a sprinter in college. (laughs) Intensity is the same. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing I hear a lot about athletes is their work ethic really translates into into the workforce. Like I, I remember coming out of college and meeting a company that said they only hired athletes. Now that's what? pretty extreme, but <laughs> they were like, we only hire athletes because they have a great work ethic. So, I mean, I'm not so sure about that. I know a lot of lazy athletes too. I mean, <laughs> they're definitely yeah. lazy athletes. Even professional athletes are lazy on some of them are lazy. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, we're lazy with some things. Like I've been lazy lately with, you know, the core work, the stretching, all that. It's all the little things. They really count. Well, I mean, do you consider yourself still an athlete? uh, I mean, I'm sure there's different versions of what you think that is, but what do you think? I think anyone and everyone can be an athlete. You know, you're just your version of an athlete. Like if you move and you're a human, you're you can be an athlete. So yeah, I I think there's, you know, there's that quote out there, there's an athlete within all of us. And I really believe that I like kind of helping people see their athletic side, whether they know it or not. So I still train clients, even with my workplace wellness job. Currently, I, I train clients and some of them are in their 70s. And they're, you know, they're deadlifting 100 something pounds. They're, you know, trying to do variations of different jumps and plyos and so we're trying to keep them you know keep the agility there doing those ladder drills I think it's really cool to see the transformations of um, people who think that they're oh I'm far from an athlete right when they first walk (laughs) helping them see that it's pretty cool I believe I'm still athletic at 41 I just don't believe that I'm an athletic competitor anymore type of thing you know, like I, but the problem is for me is like, that's not a problem, but it's very deeply, it's in there still, like quite a bit. And if I'm challenged, then it comes out. But generally, I just like, oh, yeah, that was a different part of my life, you know. And what, right. but when I run, when I still run, I still feel like when I was like in my 20s when I was in college, a runner, I feel that same sense of being a runner. But it's just like, I don't know. I just, I never like associated myself with being a runner, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I get that. I just did it. You know, it was like, I did it in college for four years. Mm-hmm. It's something I, I, I hated and loved at the same time. I feel like distance runners like really love running. They like, love it. They want to go out and do the easy 10. Yeah. want to be in like five K's <laughs> all the time and stuff. And like, I, don't, I just true. don't feel that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, right. I, I hardly, unless it's on the treadmill, I never run with music. And I think that's another sign I don't either. that you really love it. You don't either. I, I, yeah. You know what? I got chastised about this back in the early 2000s. I think mm-hmm. um, back when things were just coming online with like, you know, streaming a little bit, just a little bit, iPods and stuff like that. I remember talking to this one guy I was teaching a lecture and he goes, how do you work out without music? I'm like, pretty easy. <laughs> it's like, you listen to the rhythm of your body, you know? And, and I think that's a very similar thing with a lot of runners, sprinters or anything else. You're, you're always pacing all the time. There's a pace that you have to hit this mile or this 200 meter interval, this 400 meter. So like the clock started getting built into my body and I no longer needed other things to distract me because I began to go inward and hearing how my breath was sounding, my body was reacting. I became accustomed to that as my compass. Mm. And and I've tried to listen to music. I literally have tried and I can't do it. Like it annoys me. It annoys me. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Just interesting. It's distracting to me. It's like distracting. Like I need to feel the pain that I'm in. I need to feel where I'm at physically and meet that. I need to, I need to meet myself there. And I think that you don't know unless you've been an athlete competing, somebody telling you this is your pace for right now. We got 16 of these things and you know, like, Hey, this is going to be grueling. I don't think you know that unless you've kind of really gone through that. It's very true. I love how what you're saying is very uh, translatable to life too. Right. Sometimes you got to just disconnect from that 
music or the outside sound and noise and tune back in. I think that's why yoga is becoming so popular too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just, I had a guy on Michael Hosking, uh, great guy. He has, um, uh, cycle, uh, basically a cycling facility in Portland, Oregon. It's called Revo Cycle, and it's not done to like high intensity, you know, music. It's all done to like yoga type music, the spinning. Portland, and, Oregon. That's where I'm yeah. at. I'll have see? to go check it out. You got to go see <laughs> Michael. Go. I'm helping yeah. you out, man. <laughs> uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> and uh, and he's like so into it, man. He's like so pumped uh, about yeah. it. You got to check it out, Revo all Cycle. Right. And it's all about mind-body connection. And his whole theory is that people are distract. Like fitness has become a dist- has become a distraction-based activity at this point. That's right. You know what? He yeah, he sounds familiar. I think we're connected on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just up and coming so much. It's the new way to connect. I was on early. I was an early adopter. Yeah? I've been on for over yeah. twelve years now. Uh. I've been on super early. <laughs> And uh, I've met amazing, amazing people on LinkedIn. But you're right, yoga, I think, is yoga comes in waves. I've been in the business a long time. And I remember uh, like 18 years ago, it was super, super popular. And then it dipped again. Then it was super popular and dipped. And now we're in this huge yoga phase again. Yeah. 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 It's funny to see that come about. And kind of, it sounds like Revo is almost like yoga cycling. Yes. Together meditation yeah. cycling they call it sometimes oh, yeah cool. meditative cycling you're there you should definitely do it try it out. i'll try it i might have to start some meditative running just nobody close their eyes because you'll that that's scary <laughs> now what's your idea of meditation because i have my own ideas i've talked to a lot of people about it what do you think oh good question uh i think meditation doesn't have to be that traditional way that we think about it. I think it can be a state. Like I, I feel some days that I'm, I'm running and I feel in a meditative state, right? You're just kind of in flow with your body and, you know, out of your head a little bit. It's sort of a way where you're, you're synced completely. I don't say I, I'm definitely not the expert in meditation, but, um, I am a yoga instructor. So that's been something I'm looking more into is studying what exactly meditation is and how we get into that state. But I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it as well. Man, let me tell you something. I I believe meditation is very different than what pop culture says it is. I don't think that it is always sitting down with mm-hmm. your legs crossed and your hands out and your eyes closed. I think that meditation is anything that gets you in basically a flow state. Mm-hmm. where you're almost unconscious. So like me, when I work out, whether I'm lifting weights, you know, doing metabolic-based workouts, or I'm doing cardiovascular, whatever it is, I feel very meditative during that, mm-hmm. that time. Because you know what? I, I just get into this very tunnel vision-based process where everything comes together, it slows down, and I am meeting myself. And that's why I don't like music when I work out, because I feel like for me personally, it disrupts my ability to get into that zone, which I know for a lot of people, that is very weird to hear this. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have my Spotify playlist on all the time when I work out. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe you should try it without it and see what happens. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think it's different for everyone when you try the guided meditations and the, mm. you know, the different apps. Some people love a British accent. You know, personally, <laughs> I, I can't concentrate. I don't... <laughs> You know, I like accents, but I like headspace for me isn't the best <laughs> meditation. <laughs> Just distracts me a little bit. It's like well, let I'm me ask you something. the accent so much. What's that? It's funny. So you're a yoga instructor. I think you're going to find this interesting. Mm-hmm. So I uh, on Hulu, there's a very interesting New York Times series on there. And it's about 26 minutes per episode. There's a lot of them on there. And one of them is called Hands On. And it's about this investigative reporter who's reporting about um, yoga and how some, let's say, celebrity yoga instructors are a little too hands-on with the corrections. And oh. Have you heard of this before? <laughs> no, like I haven't. The but sexualization I... of yoga. Yes, I've heard about that for sure. Yeah, the That's what it's about pretty much. It's, oh. Yeah, it's about like how yeah. like 
you know, these teacher workshop trainings and like some of these like really well-known instructors, like, you know, people are allowing instructors to put their hands on people in places they normally wouldn't let people put their hands on it. And then, so there's this whole group of people apparently who are like very uncomfortable with it, but they don't tell the instructor type of thing. Oh, interesting. I'll have to look more into that. Speaking of documentaries, uh, have you had the, have you watched Game Changers? Yes, I have about plant-based diet. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That was on my mind earlier. I had a plant-based lunch today and I was thinking about, (laughs) is Darian plant-based? I wonder if we'll get on this topic. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? Do you think I'm plant-based? No, based on your reaction. Well, (laughs) plant-based is different for everybody, right? Like I try to, I eat plant-based probably 80, 90% of the time. 80% maybe more like it because I have eggs pretty Uh frequently, but um, I don't eat meat a ton, but I still have it as part of my diet. So I don't know where you are. I would say, uh, actually, I watched it with my wife because she's super into like these type of shows and stuff, you know, and I am too. I would say I'm about 60% plant-based. I love meat. I just don't like to eat a lot of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though I I watched the documentary and it was, it was very compelling, very compelling. Mm -hmm. But I also think that there's, there's a documentary out there that's probably the opposite of that. You know, like... <laughs> I think they're going to come out with one soon enough with all the plant-based documentaries. They've got to like, yeah, you know, counter it. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot wrong with the meat industry and with, yeah. you know, there's a lot wrong in general we can find. But, um, you know, the research, I think, over time has shown that. I don't know. I think I just think there's a lot with that documentary where you can kind of cherry pick evidence. But of course you can. <laughs> veganism or vegetarianism kind of opens up a whole can of worms. So I think it's emotional yeah. for a lot of people. Your food is. is so um, personal to people. Uh-huh. And I think for me, like I'm, I'm more focused on, I don't like overeating. Like, I think it's gross. Yeah. Like I just like, I like to be very, I basically subscribe more to like a, a blue zone way of, of eating more of like 80% full. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to feel like I can't breathe after I eat, you know. Wine <laughs> on the at five? Do you do that one? <laughs> no, no wine at five. Just wine anytime. How about that? Anytime, <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's, that's not true. I love the blue zones. Yeah. It's great. I read the book, and then uh-huh. uh, I really think that what I took most from it, honestly, is um, the community element of it. And how people have these, um, I can't remember what the term ikigawas or something like that they talked, but basically like that people form these connections with people over the course of their lifetime. And that those social emotional connections are so important to your longevity in life. Yeah, yeah, they really are. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if it's like the crowding of cities or just at least I feel this in Portland a little. There's like so many people that you just... There's so many yeah. people I've met once or twice, or we're kind of half friends, acquaintances, but yeah. you, you, it can be kind of easy to not have those really close social connections nowadays. So, yeah. you know, other than your immediate family, but I think, uh, you know, some people don't have a family. And so it's like, how are they going to connect? And yeah, just looking out for your neighbors and people near you. Super important. Yeah. yeah I, I took that I, away too. I think that we are. In this day and age, like what you and I are doing right now in different ways, this is our version of community in these days. If you can't get it, people next to you and stuff. And so I've really taken that to heart by with my podcast, with my regular phone calls with people all the time, being on that career advice thing. How do I create community over many years, lasting relationships with other people? for that. And I think it's just something we don't talk about enough. We talk about diet and exercise a lot. Now we're talking about sleep a little bit more. Um, But community, that social, the closeness of human beings is something that I took, probably the best thing I took away. Not the wine at five. Although, you know, listen, (laughs) I I don't really like wine, honestly. It's not my thing. I don't love it either. I got Really? Yeah. And I've been to, I went to Italy. I know that's surprising, but, you know, I like a little sparkling wine. To me, wine is a little like coffee. Like, you know, red, a real rich red wine is kind of like a real rich espresso. You got to kind of 
work your way up to it, right? Like most people yeah. drink lattes at first. Most people have sparkling. Yeah. So I'm kind of still in that sparkling stage. <laughs> if it moves the way it does for coffee, then I'll, I'll eventually like it. So. I just, uh, I have tried so much to like wine. And, you know, one of my clients is a winemaker and he's, he sends me all this wine. I have way too much wine. I'm like, I just, it's just, uh, it's a good problem I, to have. It's a great problem. Actually, I give my neighbors wine all the time. I'm like, here, here I have another bottle if you want. <laughs> like that. But I have a bar in my house, which my listeners may be surprised to hear, but oh. probably not after, if you heard most of my podcasts, you've heard about all of my indulgences and stuff, <laughs> but I do have a bar in my house and I, I like hardcore liquor. I like like bourbon, things like that. Oh, um, yeah. Cognac. I, I have an interesting relationship, I think, with alcohol in the sense that um, it's very chemistry related for me, uh, mixology related. Uh-huh. I like, I, like, that's a big hobby of mine, mixology. Interesting. Yeah, that's Yeah, you're the cool. first person that found out about this on, on the podcast. <laughs> you can title it Mixology with Darian. Yeah, I, use, <laughs> I, make, I make killer cocktails. I can make like probably 70, 80 really amazing cocktails. Wow. And, and is uh, this, were you ever a bartender or how'd this come about? No, I, um, when I lived in Las Vegas for 15 years, I was going out and I'm like, man, these drinks are really expensive. They're like really expensive, especially in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. And, but I because I was like, I'm like a snob when it comes to it. I want to go to like the best places, have the best cocktails, yeah. you know, and I'm like, I bet I can make these. I bet yeah. I could do that. So I took some classes, you know, small stuff, started learning, built up my inventory, bought a bar, and then I started hosting pretty big parties. Wow. Where, yeah, I have a menu and everything. You could only order off the menu. And they were all very unique drinks, like stuff you really couldn't get in most bars and stuff like that. That is really cool. Yeah. Fun fact. It's a fun fact here. You come to my house. I put on, I have like a sipping Saturday party. So I'll make, you know, cocktails and Uh that you can sip on prohibition style drinks. So it's like science, mixology. Um, Like I get home, I'll, I'll make myself like a Manhattan or something like that. Yeah. And that's usually good enough for me. It's kind of like, I just like kind of the sip uh-huh. and enjoy it. I'm not a huge, yeah. like some, like when I hang out with my buddies and I go to Vegas, we'll rip it up. But like, normally it's just very like, it's like, oh, let me make this today and try it out. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's just different. That's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I've gotten to make my own, make my own homemade cappuccinos and now I'm kind of a snob at coffee shops, right? It's like, you want it just right. So yeah, I could see exactly. how that would make it hard to go out, you know, to bars if you, you've got your <laughs> 82% of this and just the right amount of that. So, well, you know what is, uh, yeah. it just kind of goes back to in some way plant-based stuff is like, or like whole foods or what's like, you know, in season, like I make cocktails that are seasonal mm-hmm. and I want the ingredients to be fresh. And a lot of bars you go to, you know, they have like simple syrup, but it's like in a and a, a bottle that is like it's like fake yeah you know? and it's yeah. i was like no you can just make it super easy mm-hmm. or lemon juice or lime juice in a in a bottle i'm like why don't you just squeeze it like freshly squeezed like literally that's how yeah, i am with that? alcohol why don't you just make it fresh mm-hmm. you know so i think that you know with like the plant-based thing mostly i want things that are whole not processed but I'm not like a huge stickler about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to live life too. Some people get so hung up on it that, you know, if it's not just perfect and organic everything, then they're not gonna buy it at all. So, you know, it's it can be a barrier if you see it that way. But I mean, have I eaten an entire pizza at like midnight <laughs> when I was hammered? Yeah, of course I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have like, our weaknesses. Well, I'm not going to yeah. be plant-based after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably hard to be plant-based when you're not. Uh, you're not in your right mind. You're like, uh, I just want grease. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I promise I'm fun to hang out with. I guarantee you. It's, oh, you sound super fun to hang out with. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not like a, I don't identify with a lot of fitness people in many ways. Because a lot of times I've, I've been around people in the past who were like, super like super sticklers for oh, like eating yeah. you know what i mean like yeah 
got to just let loose a little bit and like obsessive with exercise, you know, like exercise constantly so many hours a day. And I'm like, listen, I had to do that one time. It was called track and field in college. It wasn't a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're like, no more for me. (laughs) I know what overtraining looks like. Like I know what that feels like. I mean, you, you ran, you know, Oh yeah. When you overtrain, it's a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Tired all the time. Just, yeah. Not much energy beyond that, but yeah, I, I like it now. I think, uh, collegiate sports teaches you a lot, but, uh, you know, it's really nice to be on your own schedule and on your own time and yeah. really appreciating <laughs> that. <laughs> Me too. I totally yeah. appreciate it. My wife doesn't understand this. She was never an athlete. And, uh, like growing up. And so she's like, what was it like when you're doing all this? You know, I'm like, well, I didn't really have a choice, I guess so much. I just had to do, you know, 6am pool practice, 2pm track practice, just like, mm-hmm. it's your job, yeah. you know, yeah. when you're doing it. And, uh, now I can choose when I want to do these things, which is the great thing is having the choice. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be doing that. What I'm, what I'm told to do, you know, today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a luxury, but it's super, uh, it's like you said, it's just nice. I think it's kind of doing what you feel like. Cause when you used to, or when I used to show up to practice and your coach says you're doing this today, whether you like it or not, you know, I pretty think much that's a big thing. Yeah. And it seems like with, uh, owning your own business, there's probably a lot of that too, like autonomy, you know, control over your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I If you're looking for high-quality, zero-THC CBD products, palmorganics.com is your place. Go to the show notes and any episode of Dr. D's social network and put in the code Dr. D for 10% off all products. Enjoy having that uh, autonomy and kind of coming and going as I please. I mean, there's pressures of having to produce because it's not like you're just getting a paycheck from somebody. You know, you have to make your own paycheck on a regular basis. So that makes you push harder on a regular basis, I -hmm. think, you know, which I think can be very interesting. Um, But also I think it's constant like learning. You have to continue to learn and be a part of different things. So like I was at the uh, the National Strength Conditioning Nevada conference the other day. I flew down for it. And it was just interesting as you were speaking about that documentary. Yeah. And there was a lady in there who was a nutritionist and an RD. Uh-huh. And she was talking like about all that stuff. Oh, during really? The present. Yeah, yeah. Orthorexia and all that. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's becoming huge, too. And and that's something that, um, again, with my running community, we talk about is just where's that line between too healthy and too, you know, into that fitness. And and I think there are sacrifices you make as an athlete, but, you know, you want it to yeah. be sustainable in the long run. And um, your health is really important above all else, I think, both mental and physical. So. so what are you talking about on there that is changing the perception of like running is like everything? Like what's the package you're talking about there with that yeah so uh talking a lot about just how people have found their identity outside of the sport found and developed it and and what they hope to you know tell the advice they give to their younger selves um how they hope to make an impact on their community i think are big ones but is that kind of what you were going down yeah well i mean if like somebody's identifying as being a runner like it's my whole life what do you you know what are you talking to them about to say, or people, your audience about saying, hey, it's, there's more to running, or is there specific objectives you're trying to get yeah, across with that? absolutely. I think getting involved in your community is huge. Like we were talking about with the blue zones, so many people are, are focused on themselves. It's kind of harsh, but uh, somebody once said, I'm trying to remember who it was, but when you're so focused on, you know, what was me or like that you're not good enough, it's kind of a selfish, thing right because you're so focused on you and I think nowadays um, just with social media blowing up and people having this perception of who they have to be it it can become debilitating to like think beyond that and focus on other people and so um, 
yeah, that's kind of a big part of what we talk about is just looking beyond yourself and how you can make an impact on those around you. Like, for instance, here in Portland, we have girls on the run and uh, I just signed up to be a coach with them to help the younger, they're like third through eighth graders. Um, Cause I think it's gonna, you know, be really impactful and be a good experience. And, and so like you're doing too, reaching out to other people, talking to them, just not enough people are doing that. They're so inundated with their one community and, uh, and can't see beyond it. So that's what we're trying to encourage. So I think that's very interesting because as someone who used to run a lot, and it's funny, people still ask me, do you run all, do you still run a lot? I'm like, uh, it's complicated, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, uh-huh. but it's good because I think there is an element of just running is life, you know? And the next, what's the next race that I'm going to be in mm-hmm. or the next activity and that there's so much more than just running. I mean, it's a great activity. I'm not one, you know, it's funny. I'm definitely not one of these people. Maybe it was like running is terrible for you and stuff like, you know, people, when they say that, I'm <laughs> right. like, okay, let's yeah. relax a little bit here. All right? Just or like, you know, cardio's out right now. It's kind of <laughs> like, you don't need any cardio. It's like, a, okay. just, just lift. Uh-huh. That's it. I mean, I <laughs> even lifting but like you got to be able to walk up and down the street or like take a mile or two hike every now and then so what's your thoughts about like you know women and the big movement of being strong you know and and lifting what what are your thoughts about that I'm I'm pretty in support of it I think it's awesome um you know I think it's long I think for a few years now at least a few probably five or ten it's we've been moving in a positive direction in the strength training world in terms of women you know it's you're not going to get bulky from lifting too much mm-hmm. is basically the mentality of like lifting a few times a week is good for you it's it's good for everybody generally unless you've got you know some kind of limitation but if you are able to lift and in some way even if it's body weight exercises i think it's a positive movement and i'm i'm pretty in support of that i love more women getting into the gym and, uh, you know, especially that intimidation factor. I've worked with a lot of women on that, just overcoming that, you know, everybody in the gym is kind of focused on themselves. Like pretty much they're all worried about their own workout and how they're looking in the mirror and they're not really focused on you. They're not going to look at you and be like, Oh, who's that girl lifting? I mean, I think that's our fear is that we're going to be judged when we go into the gym. But honestly, I, I don't think that's a, from what I've seen and experienced and what clients have experienced, once they get over the, their mental block of walking into that gym and picking up two dumbbells, it's like, or picking up the barbell, you know, it really uh, impacts their life in a positive way. So I'm all in support of it. That's awesome. You know, I was, um, now I'm not sure whether this probably serves Planet Fitness and their whole thing, but Uh, they put out a huge research study about why people are afraid of gyms and things like that. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure it served their population very well because they're like, hey, come to Planet Fitness, no judgment zone type of thing. Right. But that most people were extremely intimidated by the resistance training area of gyms. And, but that once they actually did it, they didn't find that it was that intimidating. Yeah. Oh, that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. You, you'll have to send me that study, or I'll be I'll be looking. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can like anything in life. You can just Google anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the artificial intelligence of Google will will make have you find it in 2.5 seconds. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was fascinating. But it you know it's kind of like people just default. So what happens is then then people default to kind of their their native or ancient biology of just doing cardio. Which is funny, too. Yeah. They'll do less cardio, but, like, it's it's very common for people to just default to that. If they're like, oh, the weights, I'm just going to go walk on this treadmill here, you know, type of thing. Yeah, or sit on the recumbent bike. Oh, I can't be that. in gyms like that. I, I no. you know what, I, this is like a thing for me. <laughs> Megan, this is a real thing for me. Like, I work out at this resort next to my house, and it's like a retirement place. Basically, everybody who lives here is in retirement. I'm not retired, just so everybody knows. I'm, not the, I'm 41. <laughs> not I have yet. to work for a living. I'm working on it. But uh-huh. we moved to a very tiny town, 5,000 people, right on the border of uh, Canada in the oh. U.S. And um, like six hours from you, actually. 
Uh, you're you in Portland. At? I met Blaine in Blaine, Washington. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. not far. It's not far. And uh, like nobody's ever in the gym. It's like always just me and maybe a few other people. Do you like that? You I love it. I love it. Perfect. I don't, yeah. I just, uh, and then, but then like a couple weeks ago, I was in Vegas with my buddy and we were at Lifetime. Mm. And uh, it's like a beauty pageant in there. It's oh, literally yeah. like a beauty pageant. Uh-huh. Everybody looks like the best they're supposed to look, apparently. And there's like some weird thing. I don't know. It's like people are just like sitting on a recumbent bike looking at their phone the whole time. Yeah, basically. Everybody's yeah. on their phone. Like, what is this? You know? I know. Yeah. Less working out and more just staring at their phone. I'm saying I know because I was just at a 24-hour fitness. And I was reminded of why I don't go to big box gyms like that. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's just, it's funny almost. But yeah, it's not. I have trouble focusing on my own workout, too, because I see so yeah. many people doing things wrong or not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, it's too much. Wrong, so It's too much. Yeah, like, really. it's like overload. Mm-hmm. I was in there with my buddy and we're training and we train really hard. You know, we're doing like the ski oh, erg. Yeah. We got, we're doing the concept two rower, you know, we're the airdyne bike. We're doing this whole cross training circuit, whole thing. You know, we're doing uh, sled pushes and this guy, I'm not joking, is laying on the turf area. He's just laying there on his phone. This was the entire oh. hour we were there. He, was, he just laid there the entire time. Just laying there, hanging out. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he was escaping somebody. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe he was doing the circuit you were doing. He was just like, you know, hanging out in between. He didn't <laughs> move hour. from that position the entire no. time. I'm not joking. He literally laid there the entire time. Yeah. I like yeah. to give people the benefit of the doubt. If you haven't noticed, it's like, yeah, no, I could tell believe. positive <laughs> intentions. <laughs> okay. You know, Megan, she's like very PC about all this stuff. <laughs> Maybe they were tired. Maybe they're just like, he had a headache and he just laid there for an hour in a gym on his phone. Maybe he got some bad news and he was just so devastated by it. He just had to lay there for an hour on his phone. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know, right? I, I don't know. I know what I saw, though. <laughs> That's right. I'm not always so, you know, happy. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's I'm I'm generally like yourself. I, I'm into that, but... um. I just thought it was like, it was like too much for me to see. I was like, I got, I got to get back to my resort gym. (laughs) Just me. Yeah. Something I'm big on is like our surroundings, I think have a major impact on us. And like, you know, from just working out in the wrong gym to like Hmm. living in the wrong place. That's not right for you. Right. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you about this. You're going to, I have to tell you about this. So, um, I was talking with this researcher. She was on my podcast. Her name is Sarah Diss, and she is a public health researcher. And she researches, you know, uh, like assisted living homes and stuff Uh like that. But she also researches like zip code health. I heard about Yes. You heard about this? I did. I heard her podcast. I did my research. Yes. Yeah. But you can uh, can explain for those who haven't heard. Yeah. Well, basically that, you know, a lot of that your health and wellness is affected much like Megan said through even where you live, like the surroundings. And for me, that was a big part of why we moved up here to Washington oh, and, it? and moved into a small town and live right near the water. I like two minute walk to the beach from wow, my house Beautiful to slow down purposely and have a more chill lifestyle, less stress, and it helps. It works. It completely works. You've noticed that? Moving oh, yeah. From Vegas to, yeah. Well, I lived in the suburbs of Vegas, so it wasn't too stress, stressed okay. out. But still, it's kind of like you're in a city. You know, you're in a big city. Yeah. Yeah. And cars and the action. You know, I'm walking in casinos all the time. And it's like, it's just weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I've noticed that. I just moved recently from Utah Logan, Utah, small town, mountains everywhere, pretty beautiful to Portland. And I love Portland. It's been awesome, but I don't see myself here for too, you know, too long. Um, just news speaking alert. candidly. <laughs> oh, news <laughs> alert. I mean, maybe, but not breaking not news. Hey, I'll say that. <laughs> not in the not living in the city like I do now. I live off, you know, this really busy street and there's all these tourists here and I yeah. you know, 
parking is just a mess and I think it just stresses you out it drains you so I've got to find my time I carve my time out to get out that's why I trail run um, I think I, I read a study recently I'm sure you saw this Darian it I think it was if you spend a cumulative of two hours a week out in nature yes. right your stress levels are lowered significantly so I saw it on Outside Magazine. I think that's, that's where right. I saw it. Yeah. 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 I love that website, by the way. Outside Magazine. So much into nature and being outside and nature is the cure for all this stuff. You know, it's, it's interesting information. Yeah. Yeah. Really good research. So is there anything uh, I'm putting you on the spot now, Darian, that Let's do it. Think listeners most want to learn about or that, you know, has been coming up lately in your podcast? Listeners want to learn about, man, you hit me with the hard stuff. I see Megan here. <laughs> um, I would say listeners, at least the ones that have contacted me pretty regularly, it's just, they want to, con they just want to continue to learn about, like they like the diversity of the guests that are on. Um, yeah. Like I'll have like a dating coach on and then I'll have like a, the health researcher. And then I have a lady coming on who I'm super pumped to talk to, Alexandra Middleton, who is going to be talking with me about brain machine interfacing, transhumanism, and all this stuff. Wow. And uh, I think that, you know, health and wellness is a large field. It's not just fitness and nutrition. It's not just exercise and nutrition. And I don't want to be in that box. So I think that a lot of the listeners, they're like, man, I'm gaining a lot from this diverse group of people that are on the podcast and then people that want to know more about me like like my life like people say why don't you interview your wife you should have your wife on and stuff, <laughs> you know yeah yeah there you go which i did yesterday so her episode will be coming out <laughs> like, oh so. nice i'll look forward to that too <laughs> yeah they learned about your mixology in this episode and yeah yeah sprinter so good thing. i think it's that people um in the show, it's like, for me, I'm very transparent. Yeah. I, I'm not like, well, there's a part of me you don't know about. I don't, I'm not like that. Like, if you want to know about it, I'll tell you. And even if you don't know about it, want to know about it, I'll probably talk about it at some point. Yeah. I'm with it. I, I don't want it to be anything about me to be a secret. It's okay. Like, to be extreme. I like to be extremely authentic on yeah. my podcast. Like, I have people on who, listen, they... They're like not an alcohol. They're like, I don't drink anymore. or That stuff's poison, this and that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I like to have a cocktail here and there. You know, that's yeah. how it is. Or I don't mind having opposing views on people, mm -hmm. on things that people yeah. come on. It's totally fine. You know? Like if I started talking to you about, uh, why are you eating meat, Darian? <laughs> yeah, how dare, some, yeah. How dare you eat meat? I'd be like, listen, I don't know. It's, uh, I really enjoy it. And if they were like, do you know all this? I know the research behind it. It's fine. I, yeah. I can I'm making an informed decision. Right. Just like I you're listen. making an informed decision. Yeah. I, I don't know if you listen to Rich Roll. He's a great podcaster. Yeah. But, you know, I listen to his podcast, and I think there's something to be gained by uh, listening to differing viewpoints. And maybe that's why you're, you know, your show is very popular, and I think people enjoy hearing so many different uh different views on various topics because like you said it's not just fitness and nutrition it's so much more and there's a lot to take away from that there is a lot to take away from that I think that um I'm learning with my podcast it's to me it's just like sharpening the sword you know it's I I like to have interesting people on and I like to pick their brain I like to just have a conversation it's not necessarily me interviewing people it's just we're having a conversation. Yeah. yeah. And people need to get back to, in my opinion, learning how to just have conversations with each other and laughing with each other and having fun. Like, I like, like this podcast is very natural to me. Mm -hmm. Like yours, sometimes they're not as natural. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that it's more, it feels more regimented because maybe the other person isn't playing with me as much. Oh, yeah. You yeah. like to play, clearly. I, <laughs> I do, I do. But on my podcast, I'm definitely a question asker. So, Where do you I get like that from? You seem like, from the minute I talked to you offline, you seem very question-oriented. Yeah. Well, I've always heard you should listen more than you talk. And so, I mean, that's a detriment in some sense, because I just love to listen, and I don't want to 
talk it up too much, but um, I think there's just so much from the power of questions is something I'd love to just explore and, and kind of the way that you frame questions, looking into motivational interviewing and how much, you know, you can learn from a person by phrasing the question differently. Something I'm mm -hmm. experimenting recently, and this might be fun for listeners, is rather than ask somebody, how, how's your day going, right? Like, how's your day, Darian? How's your week going? You ask them, what's been the best part? of your day or what's been the highlight of your day. And that gets them in this positive oriented because we're, you know, our minds just pick up the negative. And I was giving this talk recently and uh, about mindfulness and practicing gratitude. And I think reframing that is like, oh, wow, what was the highlight? Right. And even if you had a bad day, it's like my cup of coffee this morning or my, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was, seeing my daughter, maybe for you after work or something and right. something small like that. And, finding those little little highlights so yeah that was that was something cool that I recently but but back to that yeah that I recently was practicing I think the questions just asking the right questions and trying to reframe them can can really elicit some cool conversations do you so uh, another question so on your podcast do you are the questions kind of they free-flowing or do you have things planned ahead of time when you're doing your podcast Good question. We have some pre-planned, so we always kind of start with like, how'd you get your start in running, right? Mm -hmm. And go into the background, but we do, we come in with a list of say five or so questions that we really want to ask and a couple that we always ask our listeners, like what mm -hmm. would you tell your younger self or what's the highlight of your life right now kind of thing. Uh, but then, you know, we, we definitely go off of that and we just, we have a conversation. So we try to keep it more casual and, and that sense, but I am somebody that I like to go in with a little bit of a plan, right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of go from there. I think everybody's a little different. My wife is completely sh shocked about how I do my podcast, like completely. Is she? She's yeah. complete. Like she's like doesn't know what to do. She's like, this is nothing like how you normally do things in your life. Really? Okay. So normally you plan them out to a T. I am a massive planner. I am like type A, like calendar, everything really organized. I'm a big organization person. And the podcast is the first time in my life where I'm like, I'm just winging it. I'm gonna wing it completely every wow. single time. So I rarely know anything about the person that I meet. Rarely. Like, you know, we may have a conversation. Like, you and I had a conversation yeah. ahead of time. Right. But that doesn't mean we know much about each other. You no. know, like, That's pretty cool. That long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I don't know, like, maybe we're just going to talk the whole time about the weather in Portland or something. I don't know. Maybe we're going to talk <laughs> about biking. I don't, it's just, for me, it's like very, like, it's a combination of deep listening and intuitive question questions like the question just comes to me yeah from the com like like this is a weird thing like i've had a question this is crazy like you look exactly like somebody i hired at the club i used to run like 10 years ago i'm not not like a little bit like like exactly like. i do yeah like exactly i'm like you sure you're not related to this person <laughs> like, fun fact fun fact yeah. Megan literally looks like this this girl. I just talked to her like a couple of days ago. Her name is uh, Angela. She okay. lives in Las Vegas, and she was um, a trainer I hired there. You guys look eerily alike. That's like, pretty funny. I have like to look it's her. actually strange. Like you know, but like <laughs> you know, if you see a picture of her, like she has more makeup on and stuff. She'd be like, oh, maybe not, but like. Oh, I don't know, okay. like, yeah. like yeah. it just like it's every time I look at you on here, I'm like, this is freaking me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> just don't even look. Just, uh, I can't yeah. look at you. <laughs> I think we all have sort of a doppelganger, right, out there. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I have see it right now. <laughs> no, 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 like I don't know anybody that looks like this guy right here. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there are doppelgangers, but uh, I don't know. I look pretty different. I don't know. I, I haven't seen anybody that looks like me, kind of, the whole combination. But I've seen people who are similar looking. And I'm telling you, you, you don't look similar to this person. You look like you are their close to identical sister. To okay, them. you're really... <laughs> 
I've never heard that before about anybody. So, well, you know, it's the first time for everything, you know, sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but I think like, I just, I like the intuitive nature of podcasting the way I, the way I am just letting myself do it because then it like, it almost forces, it challenges me to like come up with stuff. It's yeah. like an exercise for me. I would think so. Yeah. Right. It's scary to some people because like I have people come on. They're like, I've never been on a podcast like this. Usually they ask me for all these questions ahead of time or whatever. And so I think sometimes my version makes people worried sometimes because they're like, well, what what are we going to talk about? (laughs) I don't know. I well, really I told my friend earlier, yeah, I'm going to be on a podcast today. She she goes, what what on? And I said, well, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> so. Exactly. I think you got to be okay with the unknowns, right? That's yeah. I think uh, I'm pretty okay with that, you know, and I yeah. think most, some, I would say half of the people come on, I'm not sure they're okay with it initially, oh, but then, yeah. you know, we, we warm them up a little bit. We get yeah. them warmed up, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you're used, I could tell you're very used to the flow of these things, you know. I am, I am. Usually there are a few questions though, so that's why I ask. I want to make sure we cover everything. Did you have something, you had, well, so these questions you had, were they planned to ask me for this? Oh, no. No, I didn't come on. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no. no. No, I have nothing planned for this episode, Just, just figuring out, you know. What, where the conversation goes, like you said. Well, I think it's kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't know what, how it is like if you go and meet some friends of yours uh-huh. and you, let's say you meet them somewhere, you know, coffee or whatever. I don't know. Do you have, do you plan like questions you're going to ask them when you meet them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't go into like, like happy hours. My buddies are like, I'm going to ask Jason like these five things, you know, like I just, we just start drinking and then just start talking about stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, you might have like topics you want to <laughs> chat about, right? Like, oh, I really want to ask him about this or that. Yeah. Honestly, no. <laughs> I literally have nothing. <laughs> I think we practice it with each other. Like my buddies, I think they're really good about that. Like oh. when we get together, we literally have nothing on our minds. It's just kind of like we 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 hang out and then like, I'll turn the TV on or something like that. Or they'll say, oh, oh, yeah, you know what? I remember this thing I was going to tell you about. Like, I totally forgot. I saw you and made me think of this, you know? Uh And then it's like, so like lately, like my buddy and I both have a Tesla. We like, he convinced me to get one. And so like, I know probably when I talk to him, he's going to bring something about Tesla because he's like obsessed with it. He's like literally obsessed with Tesla. I mean, I might be too a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But beyond that, it's just kind of the art of the conversation just kind of flows. Like when I see the person, I download. It's kind of like I'm downloading them when I see them. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I know that that sounded crazy and your response made me think it was crazy. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) No, no. I'm just digesting that, right? (laughs) Download the person. I haven't heard that before. You never heard that? No, no. Like when I saw I was you on here. about myself, right? What What were you gonna say about when me? I saw you on here. Like I started downloading information about you. That's right. Yeah. You look like that girl I hired, and then I started thinking, okay, where where is this a bedroom? Like where is she? Like you know what's going? <laughs> you start thinking things. Oh yeah, the Wi-Fi is best in here. That's why I'm in there, in my room. Now we now we know. Yeah. And the quietest spot in the house. A lot of people, fun fact, I have learned this, do podcasts from a closet, right? Mm-hmm. Or their car, because those are two yeah. of the quietest places. And I heard you have a dog back there, Darian? I have a dog. I have I two dogs. Dog barking. What kind? I have a Great Dane, gigantic. Uh-huh. And I have a very old uh, Labrador Retriever. Oh, and uh, they're always in my podcast. I swear, like a little bit. They got to make their just, appearance, right? Like, rof, rof, rof. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I'm in a room, like a very quiet room. And sometimes I do it from my car. Sometimes I do it in the garage. I have an office in my garage that I have it in. Um, but it it just depends, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you're always doing yours yeah. from there, or? 
pretty much with this uh, Logitech headset. I think I need to upgrade. Like you've got what, that what nice is that? mic. It's yeah, I do much. have a nice mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's about time I get one of those. I think this microphone was pretty cheap, if I remember. I think it was like, I don't know, $25, yeah. $30, oh, wow. something like that. You know? It's been good for you? you like yeah, it? but you know, it hooks into my phone. So I, uh, I do all these through my phone. Because oh, I don't know, it's just I don't know. For some reason, I like doing it from my phone. Because then, like, if I'm like going somewhere, I just take my phone and my microphone. And I like I broadcast from the beach one day. I'm just like psh, wow. phone and everything. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. And now, are you like a stickler for like how like the quality, like the background, completely, and all that stuff? You know, like really polished uh, podcast. You know, a really, a really big quote for me has been "done is better than perfect," and I think Ooh. too many of us get so. And that's from Jill Coleman, Jill Fit. I, uh, she's now my business coach for this next upcoming year. First time I've ever done it. So, wow. Uh, but I've been following her for years, and she has really good advice about just putting it out there, right? Just like so many people hold themselves back for years and years or months and months because what they have isn't perfect or you know, right, just right. exactly how they want it to be with every little detail. And I think we often get ourselves, especially type A's, get themselves too worked yeah. up over it. You're like, yeah, I can, I can relate, right? I can relate because I, I told myself when I do this, I'm not going to really edit it this much. I'm not going to edit a bunch. If my dog barks in the background, so be it. You know, yeah, like I happens. get a little couple of technical slips here and there, you know, some crackling. It's just it's just what it is, what it is you know, for. Yeah. And I think I've not gotten any feedback that people are like improve the audio, all the you know, and all this stuff. I think just people appreciate yeah. the honesty. Plus, I put that out there ahead of time that right. this is not a polished thing. There's not like a whole team of people working on to like <laughs> make it like the, the most amazing technically sound podcast. It's just very raw. You know, yeah, yeah, I like that. So, and that's why people are, people are unpolished, they're raw, they're not perfect. And I think that's what makes us human. Yeah. Good lesson. Very good. And on that, that's a good way to end it. I think it is a good way to end it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been great talking with you. It's been great talking with you and, um, man, what a good time. And you guys got to definitely check out Megan and her podcast. Was it, what is it again? Strong runner chicks. Strong I may have another in the works. I'm I'm considering a sort of like a worksite wellness type podcast. There's wow. few and far out there. I think I could. I don't hear get... those ones out there too much. Yeah, not too often. Okay. Interesting. Well, well I keep tuned. me up to date on that, yeah, and uh, sure I'm gonna go check out some more. I'm gonna check out these episodes of Strong Runner Chicks because I like your questioning. So I gotta go check out what you're asking you. people. <laughs> Thanks, Darian. All right. All right. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Your plans? Today it's dinner with the parents at your spot. We gotta come back here. Now, their spot. Or you're on the edge of your seat at the game. Come on, just one time. And it's the one. Or maybe you're catching the next flight to... Now boarding flight 1850. Oh, that's you. The choice is yours. And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. From earaches to strep tests, visit Miniclinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit miniclinic.com for details.